Check, 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 check. Okay. Woo. Everyone good? Woo, woo, yep. woo, 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 woo. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Cool. All right, I'm going to start. Do it. Man, Tristan Thompson speaks on inspiration. The Warriors dominate the Nets. Brooklyn is screaming, where is Kyrie? I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast at the Three Hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living, my friend? Where in the world is Kyrie Irving? <laughs> John, how you living? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, Jay. <laughs> Sammy, how you living, my friend? I can't complain. I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> well, first off, we're going to start off with some quick hits. You know, the Sixers and Jazz faced off. It was 85 to 120. The Jazz won that game. JJ, what did you think of that game? Yeah, primetime game. Bogdanovich went off for 27 points, 5 for 7 at 3. Uh, Gorbet had 4 blocks, 17 rebounds. But it's, you know, good to note that Embiid was out of that game due to health protocol. It's not a tumor. Yeah, and also Thibault. So I'm sure they were definitely missing those two. John, what did you think of the Lakers Bucks? The Lakers went down to the Milwaukee Bucks 102 to 109. I thought it was a good game. I was actually encouraged even though they lost because they showed a lot more fight offensively and defensively. Westbrook wasn't a minus 56 this time. <laughs> we had Taylor Horton Tucker who is super young but he's very talented. Put up 25 with 12 rebounds. So Future looks bright for him. I would like to see Anthony Davis be more aggressive and take more shots. He got bullied by Giannis, and that's not a slight because Giannis is a monster, but AD needs to take more than 15 shots and score more than 18 points for us to have a chance without LeBron James. Right. I absolutely agree. Sammy, what did you think of the Mavs Suns? It was 98 to 105 in a Suns win. What did you think? Great game, very competitive overall. Uh, Dallas was actually up and uh, in going into the fourth and for a while in the fourth quarter, but uh, the biggest thing I think that got exposed is Dallas's issue where if Luka's out, which he was for this game, which was obviously the primary story, they don't have a secondary scorer who can go create their own offense or set up for others. Brunson started in his place, actually had a great game, 18, nine and eight. Porzingis actually played really well, 21, eight and seven. Hardaway at 22. But when it got down to that final five or six minutes, when it was crunch time or winning time, that's when they started to struggle because that's obviously when you're not necessarily running your normal offense. On the Sun side, very balanced. Booker had 24, Aiden had 19, Bridges had 10. CP actually shot very poorly. He started the game, I wanna say it was one for eight, finished at two for 12, but at the end of the game, he was able to orchestrate the offense, get guys in position to hit shots, and then Booker hit that dagger uh, shot at the end of the game. So I think it just exposed that Dallas is has the potential to be anybody, anybody, any night, but I think they, they're going to need someone, a secondary ball handler, who can score, create shots, do things like that in crunch time to help supplement Luka and when Luka's not playing. Right, and I think that was the biggest like knock on them this offseason was that they couldn't really find Luka enough help. I think that was why people were picking Luka for the MVP because like early on, like before the season started, it's because Luka has to carry so much weight for this team right. to do well. Right. And for the last one, we just watched the Sixers Nuggets. The Sixers ended up just completely waxing the Nuggets. 103 to 89. It seems a lot closer at the end or with that final score. 
but let me tell you that the Nuggets inexplicably lost this game considering how many people the Sixers have out but the Sixers look like just the more complete team they showed up ready for this game and won I want to actually get to our first spotlight team we've never done this yet and basically the clinic here we're gonna pick a team that is sort of we deem worthy or interesting enough to highlight and right now I think it's the Washington Wizards they're 10 and 5 they had they did have recent losses to the Hornets and Heat but they've had the eighth most difficult schedule and they are still 10 and 5 they actually seat atop of the Eastern Conference what do you guys think of this team John kind of hinted at it earlier with Westbrook with the minus 56 which was pretty <laughs> Pretty forgiving, because it's usually like a minus 1,000. I'm just kidding. The first thing that I think of is addition by subtraction, which is Westbrook. Westbrook, last year when he was with the Wizards, they actually led with the most pos uh, the least possessions, which meant that which meant they had the fastest pace out of all the teams. Fast forward right. to this year, they're actually ranked 21st in pace, which means that their game is being really slowed down throughout the 48 minutes. So theoretically, you would think with Westbrook, when you have spot-up shooters, it would be a great offense. He had great shooters with Houston. He had Harden, he had Gordon, he had Tucker. Didn't really work out. Fast forward to the Lakers. Yeah. The other scheme, which is if you're gonna push pace, you want good trailers. He arguably has the best trailers with LeBron James and AD. They could beat their man backcourt, rush up on a fast break, trail with Westbrook. I haven't really seen yeah. that. The issue with Westbrook, I believe, is that he just has bad decision making, particularly with his shots. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but that's what I'm observing, and the stats don't lie. And you just see it with the, the I agree with total, you. right? Yeah, I kind of agree with that to an extent. I, I know that Westbrook, he's super athletic, but he has a lot of deficiencies. Not just on offense, but on defense. He's actually not a great defender, despite being super athletic, fast. He can move laterally, he can obviously jump. But he's a he's a kind of a black hole on that from what I've seen in the in the first twelve games or how many game or sixteen games I'm sorry, and you're right it is addition by subtraction. The Wizards got way better defensively. KCP is underrated defensively. Kuzma has the tools and he's been he played defensively much better in the last two seasons with the Lakers, and then they added Dinwiddie who is can get his own buckets. So for for me I think overall as a team they got much better. The, Montrezl Harrell is is a great bench player. He played he's playing way better now than he did with the Lakers for whatever reason. I don't know I don't know why. And then they they still have re, uh, some other guys that that are that are injured. So for me, in terms of the trade, I think the Wizards are better off for it. Now, their season is still young, and maybe this is my Laker glasses Homer glasses coming on, but. I am not going to put my full judgment or my criticism on Westbrook until the season's over because 
we don't know what's gonna happen, right? If he That's somehow fair. turns it on in the middle towards the end of the season and they go far in the playoffs and knock on one, maybe win a championship, then none of the, all of this conversation about Westbrook being whatever this and that and slander, that goes out the window. So that remains to be seen and I'm, I'm gonna withhold my judgment. Two reasons, because I am a Laker homer and also because the season is still young. <laughs> Oh, so going off of some of the pieces John mentioned, I also just think the issue with Westbrook, and I don't want to pile on him, but I guess that's what we're doing, you uh, is that whenever he steps on the court, he has uh, he thinks he's the best player on the court, which can be a great thing. It's a confidence uh, it's a confidence thing. Obviously, these guys have to think they're the best players in order to perform at the highest levels. But I think what that did was it took some shots away from Beal and might have created not necessarily chemistry issues, but just flow of offense issues. And you look at the starters now, Beal, Dinwiddie, KCP, Kuzma, Gafford. On paper, that doesn't look like a great starting lineup, but those pieces fit so well together. Dinwiddie, I think, is underrated in terms of how intelligent he is, his basketball IQ, putting guys in the right place. I think Kuzma, I know he got a lot of hate in Southern California just because, obviously, there was a huge spotlight on him. He obviously, in terms of purely in in his body and the way he played the game, there's a slight bit of duplication with what LeBron does, so it was hard to play them together at the same time, I think. He's been a great rebounder, playing good defense, like John mentioned, uh, with that squad, and he seems like he's really found his proper fit, and I think it's probably been good for him to not be in the spotlight like he was in LA, so that he's not under the microscope. I'm going to agree with you there. I think Kyle Kuzma... I mean, you look at that trade, Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and Montrez Harrell. You could say that they almost got this collection of like misfit toys that were just completely underperforming, right? And the Wizards have found the secret sauce, whatever that may be, to unlock those three those three players. I mean, Kuzma's playing great defense. His, his had probably... He was never going to be a superstar. And that was the problem in LA, right? Is that the expectation is that this guy was going to be the next, one of the next dudes right. to help them win a championship. And he could never live up to that. But what he's doing right now, I mean, averaging 13 points, 8.8 rebounds, that's perfectly fine for what he needs to be next to Bradley Beal, who does a great job spacing the floor, who isn't playing well this year, by the way. Right. He has not had a good start. So that's something to also look forward to is that they're not winning because of Bradley Beal's offense. Well, he was like second in points last year. Yeah. yeah. Next to Steph Curry. But now they have literally a top five defense to complement that while Bradley Beal isn't playing well. And you have Roy Hachimura. He's injured. He hasn't played a single game yet. And he was probably their second best scorer last year. Right. So there's still some upside to this team where you're sitting back and kind of thinking like this team could actually get better and Montrose Harrell we, we haven't even mentioned Montrose Harrell I mean John you watched him in LA did you think he was the sixth man of the year like he was in where was he Clippers Clippers no I don't I, and I don't it was a mixture of I don't I just think it, I didn't think it was the right fit the players around him or the style of play. Vogel is obviously known as a defensive-minded coach, and I think Sammy will attest to this. Montrezl Harrell isn't really known for his defense. He's a great offensive player, 
So I think he was limited, and Vogel had a really short leash with him because he didn't play great defense. Agreed. And with Harrell, he he plays a very specific game, and he needs certain players next to him. Primarily what he needs is a good pick-and-roll partner. Like he did so well with the Clippers because Lou Will and him had an amazing two-man game. And so with Harrell, I, I would define him almost, the term I've heard that I would agree with is a regular season player. And so what I mean by that is... Especially in the East, you don't have Jokic, you don't have Davis, you don't have as many bigs. You obviously haven't beaten some other guys who they haven't played yet. But the bigs there aren't quite on the same level, in my opinion, as they are out West. And so the way Got his you. game is, he's full of energy. There's nights in the regular season where you need players like that, where maybe the energy level is down. Where he's just running, grabbing boards, going for lobs. That kind of player in the regular season can win you some games. Now in the playoffs, and when you're running, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say in the playoffs, you can you can easily scheme him off the floor, and that happened with right. well. By the time the Lakers got to the playoffs last year, he was basically out of the rotation. But with the Clippers as well, the last year there, I mean, Jokic dominated him completely, and he should have been played off the floor. But thanks to Doc, he was not. But that's another story. Uh, anyway, John, you were saying. <laughs> I would just, <laughs> I would just say that. You made the, the point that you made is he's a pick and roll player, mm-hmm. and the issue is is that when you're running a pick and roll with a player who can't really shoot well, Dennis Schroeder or anybody else for that matter, mm-hmm. they don't have That's to play. That's a great right. They're, the defense that they play, they can just the roller it isn't going to be free because they don't have to take seriously the the, the player with the ball. He doesn't right. have a threat mid range. They're just going to crash so the lane. Right. Right. They're just going to crash the lane and, and block that. This is an underrated stat, but Kuzma and Abdija are both ranked in the top 10 in defensive rating. Oh, yeah. wow. that's huge. What's, what's crazy is that when they have their different rotations in, you could have a, obviously a defensive heavy unit, but with Harrell and Beal, that's going to spread the floor. Props to uh, the Wizards. Way to prove me wrong. Yeah, and me yeah. too. And with Harold, one last point I'll make is he's also playing for a contract. And we know that that is always a motivator. He's a free agent after this year. That is definitely a motivator. Not proving me wrong. <laughs> I, I knew the Wizards were going to be first seed in the East. Yeah. And you know, oh I, I forgot to take today's games into consideration. The Wizards actually sit now fourth, not first anymore as of today. But anyway, oh, we think that team has the potential to even get better. Actually, I do at least. I don't know if you guys do too. But I think this team has the potential to get better just with the stats early on. They're just completely surprising to us. Hold up. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a depth deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're gonna get to stories around the league now. Tristan Thompson had a presser that went viral on Twitter. He had this to say, he said, No man in this world should rely on another man to inspire them. I don't need no blanking coach to inspire me. Never have, never will. The day I need a coach to inspire me is the day I'm blanking, retiring. What do you guys think of this quote? I definitely see where he's coming from. Uh, I mean, if you're playing at the highest level of basketball in the world, then that should be motivation enough for you. And you should be able to take that every day and go with it. So I completely understand that. I do think having a coach who has that ability doesn't hurt, but your motivation should come from yourself internally. And coaching or anybody else should just be able to supplement that and put you in positions to be the best player you can. So I, I completely understand where he's coming from in that regard. I agree with it. I just think he could have said it in a much better way because Hated. saying it the way that he did with mainstream media, with the way that reporters spin things and the way that it's going to be portrayed, essentially, it's not a good look. And people, the narrative around Tristan Thompson is he it's going to cause issues in the locker room. It doesn't really put a good light on the relationship between him and the coach. And even though I agree with you, Sammy, I agree with, with what essentially the the details of what he said and his the how he feels about it. I think he could have just been said it with way more tact. I would agree with that too. Okay, we could talk about Tristan Thompson. We could talk about the coach, Luke Walton. But what I think what it all comes down to, it's the Sacramento Kings. It's the culture. <laughs> it's always been about the culture. And yeah. until they move forward with new management, I think they're gonna be the same old Kings. And this little quote from Tristan Thompson, it's just a reflection of how that team is and will be. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a good look. It's not a good look for the Sacramento Kings or Tristan Thompson or the players around him. It just seems like, like this is a good way to put yourself on an island. Like you're going to show up to practice and every single person on the team is going to look at you side-eyed. Talk right? to him. Yeah, and I mean, going back to what Jay just mentioned with management, Based on what we've seen, what do you guys think of the ownership there? Get the f out! Terrible. Better than the Suns ownership. <laughs> Not much. I don't think much of it. It's, it <laughs> seems like he wants to take the pieces or do what it takes to win, but from the stories, right. obviously it's all what we've heard through media, of course, but it seems like he's trying to get too involved sometimes and not let the basketball people make decisions. Although I guess when the basketball people have made decisions, it hasn't turned out great either, so. Yeah, that's true. I mean, only time will tell what happens with the Sacramento Kings and Tristan Thompson. Maybe they could work things out. Stephen A. Smith had some choice words after the Warriors-Nets game. The Warriors ended up dominating the Nets. He basically came out and said, I think Kevin Durant should ask to be traded at the end of the season. What? He also had some other quotes as well. Maybe you guys can get to those. What do you guys think? I don't take... I take what Stephen A. Smith, Smith says with a grain of salt, just the way I take Skip Bayless's whatever he says with a grain of salt. I'll start with that, and then I'll let you guys continue. 
He went extreme because he's Stephen A. Smith and he's very good at doing that and it's very entertaining to listen to, but I understood where he was... I understood the point he was making. Obviously, Kyrie has... Whatever you think of his beliefs, he's not on the court right now. He's not helping that team. He would obviously be a boon to them right now and very much needed. Harden came in clearly out of shape. He's complaining about the new calls all the time. And that's never going to help morale because I'm, I mean, I'm sure Katie's never going to say this out loud, but he's clearly not struggling with the new foul calls. So he's not complaining about it, yeah. not to the level that Harden is. Harden's nope. not there. He's not in shape yet himself. That team feels like they're way too inconsistent for what we expected. And in the future, I mean, we wonder with Kyrie, at some point you're going to assume he's going to come back to play and maybe that'll change things on some level. But I think the point that uh, Stephen A probably exacerbated a little bit was just that Kyrie has shown over and over in his career he's just not reliable purely from a basketball perspective. And if you can't rely on your number two or number three guy, whatever you want to call him there, then that just leaves a huge hole and a lack of trust to build the chemistry necessary to create what you assumed was going to be the championship favorite this year and next year. Yeah, and to add on, it was just pretty crazy to see that Steph was getting MVP chance in Katie's house. Who is my daddy? And we all know how the MVP award is pushed with the narrative. So you have Steph coming into 2015 form as everyone is saying you have the Warriors playing incredible D with these rotations where it could be offensive heavy defensive heavy you basically saw the neck the Nets get exposed the coaching staff got exposed it felt like Steve Nash was out coached on both ends of the floor defense and offense and people are calling him out with nine minutes left, not even playing their two big stars. You have Sammy mentioned yeah. Harden coming into the season out of shape and trying to play into shape, which is a no-no, and that's your superstar. And can I just say what's in the elephant of the room? Does everyone think here in here feel that Katie regrets going to Brooklyn? Did you Completely. trade your spot uh, at Golden State with the most the easiest player to play with in <laughs> Stephen Curry and go to someone, play with someone in Kyrie Irving? That is correct. I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here. You know, cause I do, I do agree with, J, with what JJ's saying about like the basketball sense, you would wanna go play with Steph Curry and the coaching of Steve Kerr. Like that just makes complete basketball sense. That's why he came in the first place, right? But the relationship of upper management and Kevin Durant basically sealed the fact that he wanted to leave. That relationship was done. I mean, we've seen that that parade, right, where he slighted Kevin Durant and said he's going to get the mid-level exception and then praised Steph Curry for being, you know, one of the OGs so he'll get whatever money he wants. And it was a joke that didn't really land. It was actually way too hard for, for Kevin Durant. <laughs> It's a joke <laughs> for him. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. I agree with you, but it's not. They should know who they're speaking to, though. 
right? That's part of your job as a manager right. is to know who you're talking to. You can't just make a joke to anybody. And so to say that Kevin Durant should be traded at the end of the season, I don't know if I say yes to this, right? Does anyone actually think Kevin Durant should ask for a trade? No, yes or no, no. And if June, if June is the devil's advocate, I'm gonna be June's advocate right now because <laughs> because I kind of, I agree with that, but I also think that if Kevin Durant just wanted to win championships, yes, he should have absolutely stayed with the Warriors. 100 yeah. percent but he wants to win championships as the guy and no matter no Quote matter what he did in yeah. golden state it didn't matter if he put up 40 20 and 10 he's never going Ain't to be the guy coming to see he would never is, be that guy steph is beloved in san francisco also if the bay if kevin durant kyrie irving and james harden went to the new york knicks do you think there was any way in hell that Stephen A. Smith says this. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Oh, of course okay. not. No, no, right? But he'd be even more. He'd be going off even more on Kyrie than he is right now, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. But I'm gonna move on to our next topic here. We've all had our opinions on who have, who should have made the top 75 list and who shouldn't have. Now, T Mac has come out and said, no disrespect to Anthony Davis, but before he got to LeBron James and won the championship with the Lakers, I mean, you're trying to tell me if Anthony Davis was was to retire right now, he has a better career than Dwight Howard? No way. What do you guys think of this book? I'm departing. Uh, man, this is tough for me because Anthony Davis was a pivotal piece to the Lakers winning a championship. He was obviously the clear number two, and without him, the Lakers would not have won. Yes, he wouldn't have won with LeBron James, but you can say that about any team that's won the championship. That's ridiculous. Steph wouldn't have won his without Clay, right? Or Kevin Durant. It's just that's just how it is. But Dwight had a great career too. And I think his antics off the court, the things he said, the perception of him in the twilight of his career where he jumped from team to team in the last six, five, five or six years. That was a knock, and should it have been? Probably not. I think the, with any list, um, 75 anniversary or top players of all time, they always look at the full. They look at the full aspect of a player, and that's beyond the basketball court. That's just the reality of it. My personal opinion, I think I think you should just always look at their what they do on the court. And so I think Dwight Howard should be on this list. Now I don't know if Anthony Davis should not be on this list. But I'll leave it at that. I think there's some, there's probably some definite recency bias in this, uh, in terms of recent success, because the version of Dwight Howard now that was voted on by the media is definitely not Dwight Howard at his peak. And since he's not retired yet and still playing, there's not necessarily that nostalgia that there might have been with other guys who finished their careers with different teams than their primary team that we kind of forget about. You know, so, right. and just like John was saying, this is a narrative thing. Dwight Howard is clearly very disliked in some circles in the Get league. And with McGrady too, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure McGrady was still playing during Dwight Howard's prime. So the Dwight Howard that he remembers is that Orlando version that was just dominating on defense and 
was the centerpiece of what created a lot of versions of what became modern NBA offense, where you had shooters on the floor around one other player. That yeah, that set I up all those players. I didn't even think about that. So I I think that ties into T Mac's thinking. I respect it because obviously T Mac knows the game probably better than most, since he was one of the greatest that we've seen play as well. But I, I do think it's a toss-up the way that John said. Should Dwight Howard be on this list? Most most likely, yes. But because of a lot of perception of him, that's probably why he's not. Yeah, we've we've said it on the pod that Dwight's accolades, you know, MVP candidate. He beat LeBron James Cavs 2009. Slam dunk champion, if you want to even go there. Um, I don't I don't want to mention that but I guess I just did but you know truth be told Howard was pretty dominant in an era where they were moving away from centers and it's a narrative like he's not he's not liked and that's just how it is yeah I'm, I'm gonna completely agree with you guys the fact that Dwight Howard isn't on the top 75 is um is perplexing and and Anthony Davis being on there I could see how people can target him I could see how they think it's too early how they could come up with excuses for his championship but Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the NBA today that's what I have to say when is healthy when is healthy he's one of the most dominant players in the game today he might be probably what top 10 Maybe even top eight today? Is that too bold? No, that's not too bold. But you say when he's healthy, and that's not often. <laughs> that's true. I promise you, every time he falls, I watch the Lakers games, guys, and you guys know this. Every time he f- gets bumped, he falls on the court like he just got shot or something. It's, it's wild to me. It's crazy. I don't know. Was AD ever yeah. an MVP candidate, like top three? That's a great question. I think, I think one year with the Pelicans, he I was putting up yes. some crazy numbers, and they made the playoffs. And that team wasn't that good without him. I mean, they were pretty terrible without him. So I think that was one of those years where he was probably top three or four in voting. Can I ask you? I don't guys, know the year though. Is it Kobe's fault? The reason why no one likes him? I think it goes back before that when it really blew up with the Stan Van Gundy thing. Oh yeah. I think that's really where it started. Yeah. That's a great question though. I don't think it helped. Oh, it definitely didn't help, but I, I think it was like a small... Yeah. It started with that, and then by the time he left the Lakers, everyone hated him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I think Van Gundy probably built the coffin, mm-hmm. and then Kobe... Nailed it. Nailed it shut. Yeah, soft. Think, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And remember, Shaq always went after him, too. Yeah. That's yeah. true. The real Superman. That's true. So. Anyway, so for this next segment, RJ, our video producer, is actually on live with us. And he's going to give us a few games that are coming up. Right now, we're recording Thursday, November 18th. He's going to give us some games where we have to pick the winners. So, RJ, I'm going to give you the mic here. What's our first game? Our first game would be Charlotte versus Atlanta. Sammy, who do you got? Well, uh... If you asked me this about a week ago, I would have taken Charlotte, but Atlanta seems like they've gotten their act together. They've won three in a row. They're 6-1 and one at home. 
So I like them there, and just for anyone who can uh, legally wager with our uh, with our friends at DraftKings, if the spread is under five, I like Atlanta by by seven or more. Nice, JJ. I'm gonna go with Charlotte, just because uh, they're on top of the game. They beat the Warriors, and they also beat the Wizards. John, my man, who do you got? Yeah, I got Charlotte too. I think they're on a couple game win streak right now. They're playing really well. Lamelo is settling into his own, and Miles Bridges is just playing out of his mind. He's mm-hmm. playing for a five hundred million dollar contract, the highest <laughs> ever in the history of basketball. Baby, baby, bro, you got cuz. Man, you know, I think I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Hawks. I think they're gonna right the ship. I think that they've done something in the in the most recent games to actually fix some of their problems. So I'm going to go with that. All right, we're split on that game. Next game, Philly versus Portland. John, who do you have? I just want to start off by saying that I love Dane, but I'm going to go with... I'm going to have to go... Quoting JJ here. Ooh, yes, JJ um, inspired me. I'm going to have to go with Philly. I know that they have some injuries, but I do think they are, I don't know. I, I just, I have a feeling is what, what I'm gonna say. Sammy, my dude. I believe Embiid's still gonna be out, which means they can't expose how bad Portland's defense always is. So if that's the case, I'm gonna run with Portland on this one. And I also love Dame. <laughs> Bro. Shout out to the Busted Bucket. Um, but I think I might go with Philly here. Oh, and the reason mess. being is because they've been without Thibel, they've been without Embiid, and they've been smacking teams. They just won twice, one of them being Sammy's Clippers. Excuse me. Wait, is I that mean, right? The Clippers. No? Well, last you, you gave me a reason to slander the Clippers anyway. Thank you. I'm going with the Sixers. All right, I JJ. love Dave. All right. So I'll just say, Last but not least, I love Dame, and <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Blazers because I think Dame's gonna go off to show Daryl Morey, hey, come get me, trade for me. <laughs> That's a great angle. <laughs> get me out of this place called Portland. No, they're ignorant. That's ignorant. And I'll leave it there. All right, the next game we got is Dallas versus the Clippers. Row, who do you have? You know, I just I just threw some shade at Sammy here, so I'm gonna pick the Clippers. I'm I'm gonna pick the Clippers on this one, buddy. John, I'm gonna go with the Clippers too, despite Paul George hitting the side of the backboard twice, this two times, not just once. That was against Denver, not Dallas. <laughs> JJ, who do you have, man? I'll go for the Clippers. Okay. I will. Sammy. I will Sammy, obviously take the Clippers. Um, <laughs> take the Clippers and take the under, and thank me later. All right. Some good advice there. New York versus Chicago. Ooh, this is our JJ. last one here. I like this one. I'll say New York. The Knicks. They've been on a losing streak, and I think this is the game where they get their confidence back. The rebound game. Okay. Bro, okay. who do you have? 
I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bulls. And the reason being is because they just lost to the Portland Trailblazers, a game they shouldn't have lost because they were up big in the first half. So I think they bounced back against New York. Sammy, who do you have? Well, so interesting thing on this is Chicago is going to be coming back from a long road trip, five games. And a lot of times that first game back at home, uh, the, the team returning from that road trip tends to actually struggle. So I'm going to take the oh, Knicks in the upset here. Always w- sounding like the betting man. I wish I wish <laughs> Sammy chose before me. <laughs> <laughs> John, last but not least, who you have? I will never... And mark this, never vote against my boy Caruso. So I'm going to pick Chicago every <laughs> single <laughs> time. All right, John, we ride in, man. We ride in. Yeah. Love it. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, RJ, to the video producer. And you know, that's actually it for our show tonight. JJ, thanks for being on, my friend. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening. John, thank you. What up, what up? Have a good night. And Sammy, thank you, my friend. Thank you, and thank you all for listening. And I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic, all NBA podcasts. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.